0: On this episode of the Three Beers Two Guys One Movie Podcast, Rod, Preston, and Matthew give their marquee picks for their favorite grandparents in movies and television history. They discuss Robin Williams' classic comedy Mrs. Doubtfire, and then they spin the game wheel for some fun prompts and trivia, so let go! one movie podcast. I'm Matthew Scott, your host, and I'm joined, as always, by our co-host, Mr. Rod Budman and also Mr. Preston Barnes. Today we're doing Mrs. Doubtfire, one of the Robin Williams classic comedies. Uh, But first, let's do a little housekeeping like we always do. So we appreciate every single person that always listens to our podcast, all the people that download. So if you can, please Leave a comment, rate it on uh, iTunes, Apple, iTunes, whatever, probably the leading podcast place in the world, whatever. We'd really, really appreciate it. It helps us grow. Ah, so, got that out of the way. But first, before we get into Mrs. Doubtfire, what we're going to do, like always, we do our marquee picks. And this week, we are doing the best grandparents, our favorite grandparents, maybe not best, favorite grandparents in film and television history. Um... Preston, Rod. Anyone want to go first? Anyone so enthusiastic about this uh, this topic that they want to go first and want to get their picks in right away? I'll go. Okay, Rod wants to go. He loves grandmas. He's got, got a thing uh, older. He loves you know, older women. Uh, yes,
1: absolutely. <laughs> get that absolutely. experience. <laughs> yeah, Terry.
0: Excuse me. <laughs> is that your pick, Terry? What movie is that from, Ron?
1: <laughs> um, so my pick is going to be something we've touched on before, but I it's going to be the uh, Stillers from Heavyweights. Just going to go oh, with that as my wow. number three choice. A combo choice. That's fantastic.
0: Do you know, but, like, do you, I can't remember the actual name from the movie. You, it's like, it's isn't it not like Marty? Or I feel like maybe his name is Marty in a lot of things. Or, do you remember their actual last name, Robert? <laughs>
1: Uh, I want right to now. say it's like the Bushwicks.
0: The Bushwick It's the Bush. I think it's Bush, the Bush Perkins, right? Perkins. I think is, that's
1: just for Perkins' power.
0: Perkins takes over. They're not related. They're not actually like father. Yeah. Thing.
1: What? In real no, life, I thought, they his, I
2: thought he played his. It's been a while no. since I've seen heavyweights.
1: I think it's the the Bushmen's or the Bushwicks. I, I think it's the oh, Bushmen. Yeah.
2: They owned the, they owned the camp before. It's Harvey. Yeah, uh, Harvey. Fucking. no, it says Bush. <laughs> I can't find the rest of it. Um, let's see, Harvey and Margie. <laughs> I think it's Bush. Yeah, and, Bush
0: I think Bushman. it's I think it's Bushman, but it's still like a
1: fantastic. Oh no, Bushkin. 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 Bushkin even it's
2: better. Right in the middle.
1: <laughs> sounds like a squ- type of squirrel.
2: The Bushkin yeah. family. Rod, just give
0: us a little quick. Quick here, I'm going to ask you one question. Would you rather jump on the blob, get the uh, jet skis that they were promising, or the go-karts? Those were the three big things that uh, the heavyweights kids wanted to do. What was your favorite, like, summer camp activity?
1: That is very difficult between the blob (laughs) and the go-karts. But because I've ridden a go-kart at Emerald Falls, I'm going to go with the blob because I've never had the experience uh the
2: blob <laughs> the blob's a lot of fun but it has to be like it has to be perfect i mean i remember uh but perfect or even
0: like politically correct and saying you have to have a really fat person jump after you is that what you said
2: <laughs> well i mean they don't have to be necessarily fat but i mean they have to like hit a good like a certain spot or it's just like a it's like when you try to do the thing on the dra- the trampoline when you get yeah if you don't hit it right, and everyone just kind of like their legs <laughs> fall, it looks weird. Yeah, That's pretty much how the blob operates. We um, had like a, we had. A I big remember it discuss. not being that fun, but it, there were a couple times where it was, you would see someone just take off. You're like, yes. <laughs> like, um, I remember this. Uh,
0: we have a, a friend of ours, and I, I'm not going to like name names or whatever. But we got to a big debate one time about the blob in this scene because he was adamant that you remember, like the Austrian guy named Lars. So he like yeah. sta- he like stabs the blob right. with the with like the big like poker or whatever. But this person was adamant that Lars said die. <laughs> but I, like we kept we we had to look it up. It doesn't. He doesn't say it. It's just like the air coming out of the blob, but he was like adamant that it was like that much more like a directorial choice. They were like, no, like they really wanted to show like that. He really wanted to kill the blob.
3: I mean, yeah. it's, it's not even
0: that funny, but I just remember like we, I think we argued. this was before like everything was posted on YouTube. So it was like, uh, we like, we're just, we couldn't, you know, like find something to prove the point. It was like 10 minutes. Like, you know, I remember it perfectly. It was not die, whatever. Doesn't fucking matter. Uh, All right,
2: that was great because I love heavyweights. I love that movie so much. All right, so Preston,
0: you want to go with your third favorite grandparent?
2: Um, Okay, my third favorite is Grandma Ida Mae Jensen, and she is played by Eddie Murphy and Nutty Professor. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, part of me wants to put that at number one because I just remember it made me laugh so hard watching those scenes at the dinner table um, but it, it's the bloopers at the end where uh where she goes off and like that's where she like starts she tries to basically challenge i think cletus her son or no her, her uh, the grandpa i think to like a fight and he just starts eddie murphy just you know, clearly impro- improvising he starts taking off like the wig the mask Gets down to like basically just that like the body suit where it's got like that sagging boobs and everything. <laughs> come on, Claire, come on. Come on, Claire. <laughs> I just remember dying out laughing. I actually saw that in theaters with my dad. And I just, it was, uh, I think that and like Beavis and Butthead. I remember seeing those with my dad. It was like the only time we went to theaters together. And just remember. dying out laughing. I can't remember the exact words, but it, like, had sort of, like, the familiar trope of,
0: like, an old, you know, old grandmother, but also, like, talking openly of like, sexual stuff. I can't remember, like, the jokes he's used, like, but remember, like, another yeah. professor, like, he was sitting there, like, he was big and fat, Sherman, and he was sitting next to, like, I can't remember the actress's name, but, like, they kept, she kept on bringing up sex. Yeah, I, just, and it, like, I think it's Smith. Yeah. And like, it was just, it, I remember it just, I kind of, you know, it was just like always funny because that's the constant like funny thing is when old people talk about sex. Cause it, you know, it makes you kind of vomit, but also laugh at the same time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> she definitely would get very uh, foul mouth. And yeah, I, I think it was like, uh, oh, what was it? I mean, beyond come on Cletus, there was another quote. I know she started talking about like the food, but yeah, you're right. Mentioning like their sex life and like, Prodding and wondering what that was about. <laughs> I think it
0: had something to do with like premarital sex. Like I think they were like, oh, Sherman, have you gotten intimate with her?" Go, oh, mama, mom, uh, you know, like I'm not going to do anything. Yeah. And, and then like this grandmother comes and goes. Well, man, you know your grandfather. You blah blah blah. The first date. Like I think it was something I, I can't remember, man. It's been so long. But yeah, you're totally right. That <clears throat> that's like one of those things that really hasn't been duplicated too much. because I know Adam Sandler tried to do it, where he played a lot of characters, and it completely flopped. Like, he yeah. did it with, like, some, like, twin sister kind of thing where he tried to do, like, the whole family. But no one's really – am I wrong in thinking that? Like, no one's really been able to kind of pull off that whole, like, family scenario
1: other than Nettie Murphy.
2: Maybe – did a big mama's house, did Martin Lawrence oh, try to that do it? That is
1: exactly – I was about to say that. Okay.
2: Maybe. He did, he did a pretty good of, job. Yeah. He did well, a great also, job. I mean, another great grandmother, and I, it was uh, Medea.
3: And yes, Tyler Perry done it? I was
2: just like, he does, yeah, he does multiple characters. It's a very similar thing. I don't think he did as many in in those movies, but I've only seen like a couple of them. It does, whatever, like, tw- of happened,
0: them. whatever happened, it hasn't gotten like the same acclaim that Eddie Murphy did because, like, obviously, those are just like iconic scenes. Or maybe it was like, maybe he was the first person to ever do it, but he's still the best person to ever do it. So we'll just kind of leave it at that. <clears throat> at least I think so. All right. So I'm going to move on. I'll move on here for my uh, third pick. This I don't know if Budman's going to be familiar with this one, or maybe Preston's not either. So we might have to move quick along it. But I'm going with George Senior, played by Jeffrey Tambor, in Arrested Development. <laughs>
3: <Great> <laughs> are, are,
0: are, you, are you either either you guys Arrested Development fans at all, or uh, I have
2: one on my list.
0: Okay, well yeah, Arrested. Well, anyways, he's so so funny, and I just like because I just keep on thinking of like the one joke. I think it's from the first season where, like, Buster, who's, like, uh, obviously, the title's the rest of development, so, like, every single person sort of suffers from this inability to move on from things, but he sort of just, like, can't develop as an uh. adult. But, uh, anyways, he makes this joke when he's visiting George Sr. in prison. Like, he says, I guess your, like, ban on organized sports has been lifted. And, like, George Sr. goes, what? What are you <laughs> talking about? And he's like, oh, when you stopped, like, letting me, when you said I couldn't play soccer, and he goes, no, 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 it wasn't because, like, a ban on organized sports. He's like, you were just a turd out there, like. You know, he couldn't kick, he couldn't <laughs> run. You're just a turd. Like, and he just like dismisses him 100%. It's so, I, I I don't know. I just, it's just like calling an adult a turd with so little, like, a pre, like so little, like, whatever. Like, he just dismisses his feelings yeah. 100%. He's just like, you're just a turd. I don't care. <laughs> and it's his own yeah. son.
2: But Jeffrey also, Tambor is fantastic. Also known as, uh, also known as Pop Pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's such, he's such a funny. A character actor, obviously. Uh, when he was casted as uh, Juan from Operation Odessa, it was an incredible performance.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but no, seriously, I, yeah, Jeffrey Tambor, I've always liked him in pretty much anything he's ever been in. But it's obviously, amazing. that's like that's like his that's the iconic iconic.
1: Well, Hank uh, Kingsley. Role
0: there.
2: Hank Kingsley's probably the most iconic
0: because he did the hey now. And like that still gets used like Howard Stern and stuff. But if you haven't watched Larry Sanders' show, it's on HBO. Yeah,
2: that's true. Kingsley.
0: That's true. he's so so funny in that too. Um, all right, so we're gonna wrap around back to me. So I'm gonna go to my second pick. I hope no one's stolen this one, but uh, I'm going with Grandpa Edwin and Little Miss Sunshine. Damn it! <laughs> uh,
2: well, strike that off the list.
0: Oh, uh, I thought you said you had all grandmothers. So anyway, so uh, anyways, I haven't actually seen it <laughs> recently. But it's just a great character in general because, uh, I don't know, maybe it's a personal affectation or whatever, but, like, the fact that he's just, like, addicted to heroin or whatever, and I just, whenever I watched that or when I did watch it, I was just thinking to myself of, like, what, thinking of my own grandparents trying to buy drugs from drug dealers and just wondering how that would work. (laughs) Like, you never actually see some comedy scene where, like, he's he's a grand, obviously he's like a cool granddad, I shouldn't say cool, but, like, he kind of knows what's up. But, like, I think that would have been, like, something that was really right for comedy is, like, having, like, an old person trying to buy drugs for the first time, I, just learning how that works, dealing with those types of people and having to, like, just, like, be freaked out constantly by them.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, I, I mean, like, also, it's just his relationship with the other characters, particularly Ab- Abigail Breslin's character. That's Abigail Breslin, right? Little girl? The little girl? I don't know. I don't
0: know her specific name.
2: It's really obviously like that's that's where that character has a lot of depth and he's very charming. But yeah, like seeing the way he operates, like <laughs> talks to like Steve Carell's character and uh, some of the other people. I mean, again, another foul mouth uh, grandparent um, who is also very likable. And I think you also, I think he won best like supporting actor that year for that role. <coughs> um, I can't remember. So. Rod, have you
1: seen uh, Little Miss Sunshine? You know what we're talking about. I have not seen Little Miss Sunshine or Arrested Development. So, that <laughs> to is the list. Reason.
0: Uh, you yeah. would actually, I think you'd really like Little Miss Sunshine, Rod. And I think Let's it's on the one with the little girl
1: in the B outfit.
0: Yeah, and it's got like yeah. Greg Kinnear, who's really funny in that movie, too. And Steve Carell is sort of like playing a serious guy, but he's also really funny. He's sort of like this down, on, down and out sort of philosophy professor that sort <laughs> of gets, uh, what, 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 or English professor, philosophy professor? I can't remember. But, anyways, he's like one of the two leading theorists or historians on this one specific author or whatever i can't remember but anyways he gets beat for a grant by someone that's way more successful and so he almost like he's like suicidal because he lost out on it but he's just everyone sort of like is living in this one small home and it causes all sorts of you know problems or whatever so they they try
1: and like break into a building in that movie
0: I don't know if they break in, but like the constant thing is that they travel for this thing called the Little Miss Sunshine thing is what all kind of all brings them together because they're all having their own problems and they sort of gravitate towards this one thing that they kind of want success with. But the thing, I don't know if you're talking about this, but they like always have to jump start the car by pushing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so funny.
0: Yeah. So like they can't like traditionally start the car, they have to like get it rolling or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It is pretty funny. Everyone's sort of just down and out, and they just need one thing to sort of make it right. So, all right. So, So, we're going to go back to Preston. I've done mine too. Preston, your second pick. Your second. um, Well,
2: back to Arrested Development. I went with Lucille. Ooh. uh,
3: Fantastic. Who
2: is George Blue Sr.'s wife? <laughs> um, their relationship is obviously, if you've seen it, it's hysterical. Uh, her her relationship with pretty much everyone is just great. She plays such a uh, she plays the role of a very rich, affluent, uh, alcoholic <laughs> grandmother who really doesn't give a shit about anyone except for herself and her money. She plays it really well, and um, and this, you know, she's just another iconic kind of TV grandparent. Um, She has so many, like,
0: biting lines, and it's so, like, dry and just there. And and the whole show is like that in terms of there's so many lines that sort of go over people's head, maybe because it's so fast and so rapid fire. But to get to your point about the alcoholic thing, there's one line that I always think about where it's like, (laughs) she goes, I'll have a vodka martini. And then, like, Jason Bateman goes, it's 9.30 in the morning. She goes, and a piece of toast. It's
1: like, (laughs) like,
2: not to disregard the fact that... She's pretty much always drinking and I I I, I just remembered this, but I mean it's it becomes a pretty big not a big part, but like as far as her relationships go, Buster is obviously the most uh I think we you get the most out of that relationship, but with the um with the exchange student from Korea who she basically <laughs> she she names him Anyang because he always says Anyang to her, which means hello, Anyang Aseo in Korean. And so she's just always calling him Anyang. And every time she says Anyang, he says it right back. And it's just back and forth. And it's just a funny little, very, like very much arrested development humor. Yeah, no, I mean, like,
0: there, it will to get to that. The whole story behind why they adopted him was to make Buster jealous. So it was like these people are sort of so manipulative in people's lives that they go to these wild extremes only to do like really, really petty things because they just yeah. don't care. I mean, that's just like part of the whole, like, humor and the whole situation and the whole show whatever but yeah no she's she really is she's I I almost had her on my list but I thought like somebody else might have her so I did deflect her but she's so fantastic and so yeah. funny uh, <clears throat> Rod let's go to your second choice
1: go okay I'm going for a strikeout here this is actually a double duo ensemble four part, four part my friends and I'm gonna go with Jack and Dina Burns and Barbara Str- oh Dries off parents number 3 oh so the fockers.
0: <laughs> and
2: and it cut out a little bit but uh, meet the parents and meet the fockers or just meet the meet the fockers fockers
0: and the
1: burnses yeah i'm okay. saying both of the you know
0: are you a big fan of the whole franchise rod or are you just more of a fan of like the first meet the parents
1: uh, i mean to be honest they all make me laugh way more <laughs> than i feel that i probably should be laughing um, Ben Stiller just really gets me <laughs> and I think I think robert De, Robert De Niro is pretty funny and, and whoever plays uh Dina burns, I'm sure we can get Preston to fact check this one real quick. It is hilarious, and then the Dustin Hoffman and Susan yeah, okay, I think you're right. Dustin like Hoffman and the, the one scene I got I want to bring up is when they're doing the fondue and obviously um you yeah, know they've got yeah. the little shrine of little fucker and they throw the uh <laughs> what, you, what, what do you call that the uh is it a foreskin?
2: It's the foreskin foreskin
1: <laughs> but they've got a better name for it uh, they
2: give i think it's called a
1: brisk or the brisk, a brisk. No,
2: it's like I think they give it, like, yeah, it's definitely a Jew, some kind of Jewish
1: name. Um, I think it's called a brisk. A brisk?
2: Is like a brisk is the, is, when you, is the actual, yeah. That's the act of it. I don't okay. think that's what the actual
0: force
1: gets called. Another nice little tidbit of information you learn in our <laughs> podcast. Yeah. But when he throws it in the fondue, I think it is pretty darn funny. <laughs> um, and maybe that's, that's just me not having a very good sense of humor but
0: no no, Uh, dude i was obsessed with meet the parents as a kid like we had a, a conversion van and whenever we went on trips or whatever uh, I'm similar, like, I always suggested Meet the Parents. So It was, like, an ongoing sort of joke in our family, like, oh, it's Matthew's pick. What's he going to pick? And it was always Meet the Parents. I love Robert De Niro's character in that movie. With, like, and I didn't even get the jokes when I was a kid, but as I, like, grew up, obviously, like, yeah. I think it's a little bit funnier. <laughs> but, I mean, what, like, what do you call it? scary. Is he... Is it, is it him or the guy with, like, the, like, I forget, but he's like, well, Florence Nightingale played a little defense over here. He's like, or oh, was his <laughs> He goes, yeah. yeah. Man, that's, or is it like Robert yeah. De Niro that's who goes, cool. oh, that's, uh, but the but when uh, Robert De Niro goes, uh Hey, oh, oh yeah, he goes. If I sent it up to you, could you hit it? Like you goes, it'd have to be pretty high though. And then the Robert <laughs> goes, he's like, I bet you would. Panama red,
1: and I had yeah, no idea yeah. what the hell that meant, but just the way he delivers it, still really funny. <laughs> but no, Robert,
0: Rod, you're right. Rod,
1: what what does Panama red mean? Uh, it's just a type of marijuana, Rod. <laughs> it's like slain for it. Thank another little tidbit. Full of them. Maybe we should call this tidbits. It's also a <laughs> A song
0: by uh,
2: the writers of the Purple Sage.
0: Yeah, I mean it's by new Riders of the Purple Sage, but I mean obviously that's they're playing off of that that terminology. They're they
2: definitely playing off that. <laughs> uh, it is it, so funny. Yeah, there's so many quick little like back like the back and forth between Jack and uh, Greg is always just it's so great. And yeah, you get you get moments like that, which is that that whole like Panama Red thing. I guess it started with the uh, Puff the Magic Dragon bit which happened in their little car ride oh yeah <laughs> remember, that? remember when they raced back from the restaurant because
0: i forget what the reason is why is greg trying to get back to the house so quickly like he has got to like is it is it marijuana issue or is it the little like hopa or what what's the deal do you remember the first one and then but they meet at the stop side it, it, and it's Greg because
1: he does a little because- hot thing it's because he has spray painted a cat from the pound with. Oh a, yeah!
3: Oh yeah! Yeah! <laughs> with a tail.
1: But you remember
0: when they're at the stop site, the 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 red light, and he does a little like they rev up the engine, and he does a little eye thing, like you, me, we're drag racing kind of thing, and then Robert De Niro just takes a left instead of going straight, and that's the guy you're talking about, the the uncle or whatever. He goes, "You're supposed to make a left the light," and he pauses, <laughs> yeah, the pause, and he goes. <laughs>
2: yeah i think he's, he's pretty drunk too i think <laughs> uh so funny i can't wait was it i can't remember did it have to do with Jinxie cat
0: that's what yeah that's what rob was just saying i forgot okay. the whole,
2: pound, the whole Missy cat pound thing yet yeah, he spray painted yeah. <laughs> that is fair uh, i served his cut out for a second but yeah that that scene is so good it's just uh, a great 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 set of movies it's weird that, like, I love the first one, but I never felt like I
0: needed to see the second or third one. Am I missing a lot out, Rod? Or, like, do you love the whole franchise? Because I do love the first one so much. Or, like, well, how would you rank? I'm I'm assuming Meet the Parents is number one. But,
1: like, how would like, I would you'd... go one, three, two. Okay. <coughs> you. De-
2: I mean, you definitely need to see Meet the Fockers so that you can see, uh, like, Greg's family and just how they're, they, I mean, obviously they casted them to be basically polar opposites of Jack and Dina. And Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is so eccentric and, uh, I mean, he's hilarious. And Barbara Streisand plays like a yogi, basically, who's like, yeah, I mean, just, you know, everything she's a, she's says, a sex
1: therapist. Oh, yeah, she's a sex therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But she, she gives off like that very like free spirit vibe and, and it's just, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Budman, but I think Jack, like, they have this new RV, and they basically, like, it's, he elects not to stay in their house. He wants to just stay in the RV. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and it's got, like, a little secret portal in it.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. All right.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's
0: great. But This is turning into a Meet the Parents, Meet the Pockers podcast, but uh, but it is, that Meet the Parents really is one of my all-time favorites, so I'm glad that Rod brought that up. So, Rod... You'll finish it off. We're going now for our number ones. Rod, your favorite set of grandparents or grandparents, grandmas, whatever.
1: Go for it. Okay. So I took a little bit of uh, artistic liberty with this one. Great. If that's a word. Um, it's going to be Aunt Bethany in Christmas Vacation when they ask her to say grace. So <laughs> she, she, she would be the grandmom of Rusty. Okay. Yeah, that one. Right, I, got, hold on, I
2: gotta look that back, look up real
0: quick. I haven't seen that in a long time, Rod. Do you have some favorite line from it? Obviously,
1: you. Um, remember they it's, asked it's like her, her about- to say grace. They get they. Chevy Chase prefaces it with, "Well, you know, this is this is the last. You know, this is probably going to be Aunt Bethany's last Christmas <laughs> with us because it's her 80th birthday. So why don't you say grace and." then she starts to say the Pledge of Allegiance and <laughs> uh, Cousin Eddie actually stands up and salutes the flag that's not there.
3: Okay, yeah, yeah, I see
2: her now. Oh, that's so good.
1: But I, I love that movie Person, I've seen that what one a quite movie. a few times.
2: Rod, you went with like a,
0: a two franchises, the whole Christmas, the Vacation series and also the Fockers series. You're I feel that. like
1: Christmas Vacation kind of stands alone. To be, you're you're the biggest yeah. fan of Christmas vacation? Absolutely. Is that the third or second one? Did European vacation come before that, or uh, yeah, Where's European, vaca- first, European okay. vacation was in the eighties.
0: No, regular vacation was first when they go to like Wally World, and then I guess it oh, was, that's
3: right, that's right.
0: And then it went so regular vacation, European vacation, Christmas vacation, and then Vegas vacation, which is where yeah. <laughs> which actually it has some there. very some very very great moments, even though it doesn't feature the same set of kids.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is actually pretty funny.
0: I always remember the, like, uh, give me $50, whatever, I'll kick you, to, like, kick you in the nuts, sort of seeing that sort of, like, famous uh, <laughs> blackjack dealer or whatever that keeps on always beating him. Changing 500. Yeah. 500, yeah. <laughs>
2: uh, it's what's-his-name from The Princess Bride, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. I can't remember his actual name.
2: Like, Walt, Walter Coven or something?
0: I don't know. I'm so I'm so like terrible with like remembering actual names. Like, I, I don't know. Some people are so much better. at that. I think Rod's actually got a very great memory for names. Uh, all right. So Preston, we'll move on to your first one. Then we'll move mine. We'll end this little little segment here. Preston, number one.
2: Um, Wallace, Sean, that was his name. Yeah. Anyway, um, number one is uh, Marvin Marsh, Grandpa Marsh. From
0: South Park. Oh.
3: I didn't think of like I didn't
0: even think of it. I of, like I thought if you were just South Park, one well, you'd do like Chef's parents because Chef's parents are pretty like iconically funny. But go ahead, let's talk about Marvin. Martin. I forgot. I,
2: Grandpa Marsh, to me, is one of the funniest characters. I mean, obviously, Randy Marsh is hilarious, so why why would Marvin Marsh not be so funny? But I, what I love about him is how he's, he basically, he's there a lot in the early seasons, and you just kind of assume that he's died, but they bring him back, like, here and there. <laughs> and he's always the same, he's the same, he's basically the same person every time. He always forgets Stan's name. He's always threatening to kill himself. <laughs> and then, uh, and uh the the uh was the country kitchen episode where he basically leads all the elderly people in a uh, fight to maintain their driver's licenses and they become oh, yeah. like this pariah in society for an entire season or entire episode I think it actually rolls over to some of the other episodes um but he's just so funny every time he comes into the scene like he's always again he just says the most outrageous shit. he's a uh, you know, doesn't give a shit about anyone else, <laughs> and uh, I just, I, yeah, I love, I've always loved that character. Is he part of the episode that that
0: the, that episode where uh, they do the what like the jewelry telethon commercial thing? Is he is he part of like that episode where he gets like maybe scammed into buying those like you know what I'm talking about? Or Am I like sort the, of
2: the cash for gold one?
0: Yeah, is it cash for gold or is it like where like they like you know they like sell jewelry on tv or whatever and cartman think like comes up like the scam to do it himself or whatever and at the very end of the episode the guy who's like selling the jewelry like i think kills himself on camera but i can't remember if like that actual granddad was scammed into it or if they like trying to defend like their other grandparents i really can't remember
2: yeah uh you know i don't know it's been a while since i've seen that one uh it's actually the famous one the famous one's always country kitchen buffet It's it's so (laughs) funny how like that that restaurant it's all it's like an old meat and three and that's basically every all the old people that's their like main source of food when it, <laughs> shuts, when it shuts down they all start like hovering around it. And like, what, is that the way is, it, is that the one where they do like the the driving like you said the
0: driver's license thing and they do that sort of like kind of like bit where like randy marsh is like <gasps> and he's like he like recognizes the time then also my cars start crashing into everything and they have to like almost like dodge them and get out of the way is that what is that the one you're talking about
2: yeah, I think it's one of the first episodes where, he, like, yes. So he he realizes like his dad or some old people are now in a car, and it's like that. Yeah, it's that time of the day like they're about to go to country kitchen buffet or something. And then he knows the kids are playing hockey in the street.
3: Yeah, and he's <laughs> like
2: oh, stunned. Like, <laughs> stunned. <laughs> and, and then he just like runs, and they're all like playing hockey. And you see it from a distance. You can hear it just like stand in the background, like him yelling it. <laughs> And uh, all the old people are just driving, like, that's just so funny. Yeah,
0: no, like, cars, like, pile up in sort of, like, a crazy exaggerated fashion, but obviously they're trying to do, like, a, a little funny parody episode. No, they just, yeah. I that. I,
2: I, there's one part where I think they're, like, someone's up in their house, like, and they open up their attic or something, and there's just a car in there, and two old people are in the car, and they're like, well, how'd we get here? <laughs> all right so we'll move on this
0: is the last pick actually so i feel like you guys picked way way better Diane. i know this is not going to lead to too much discussion because i know rod has never seen this but i keep on picking characters from this show <laughs> but i really really like this guy's performance it's charles dance playing tywin lannister and game of thrones uh it's i do love the first four i guess four Four seasons when he's in it, he just has, like, such a commanding and badass presence in that whole series. I always, like, I I kept on, I remember when I first saw it, I always thought that he was, like, some Imperial general in Star Wars, but he actually wasn't. But he's, he's just so good and so sharp and so just, like, intimidating, even though, like, he doesn't possess any sort of, what do you want to say, like... Actual physical skills. He just manipulates every single person to get what he wants, which is almost more badass in a way. So I don't know. I really liked him. I, I picked like two kind of like funny ones, but he's fantastic. Preston, do you, have you you've seen Game of Thrones? Right?
2: I have. Uh, again, my service cut out, so I didn't hear who you said.
0: <laughs> oh, I picked uh, Tywin Lannister from Game of Thrones.
2: So, oh, like, yeah, that's a good one. He is uh, not funny.
0: No, he's not funny. No, no, no. He's just like, he's really just yeah. like sort of just incredibly badass in the way that he handles everything and the way that he can manipulate every single person into doing what he wants and also intimidate them in the same way. But he intent, like I just said, he intimidates people without actual like a threat of being able to physically dominate them, which is something yeah, that yeah. like in the old times you would think is almost more important. But like he actually has this way of actually standing in front of people and getting them to do what he wants. It's like and he just, it's, it's just so, it, he draws it out so well on TV, on screen, whatever. It's its really, I hate using the word powerful performance, but like it when it he, is, it's captivating. It's captivating for it sure. Is. He's
2: very, definitely, I mean, very much Game so. of Thrones, they, they do such a good job of casting pretty much everyone. And that's, that's a obviously a really good one. Like he just, <laughs> his, he has that like very like, angry, stern face, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think he's pretty tall and like menacing and yeah, intimidating is a good way to describe him. Um, yeah, good, good pick there. <laughs> In, interesting pick. Well, he was technically a grandparent. So, uh, Rod, uh, <laughs> is I true. know just never. I know I feel like bad
0: picking Game of Thrones things because Rod's never seen it. But maybe if I keep picking them, Rod might one day think about watching it. Even though I know it's not up his alley. All right, so that's going to wrap up the, the the marquee picks or whatever. And uh, we'll move on to talking about Mrs. Doubtfire, which is going to be an incredibly captivating, engaging conversation. Yeah. Okay, because some, <laughs> sometimes we don't start exactly from the beginning, but I actually have a contention to talk about from the beginning of this movie is that it almost happens too fast because it's not uh, – so what happens is there's a lovable schmuck, so to speak. He gets fired. He also gets divorced. And he ultimately kind of like loses contact with his family. So he has to come up with a creative way to get back into being involved with this family. So he dresses up as an old woman to be their nanny. Um, my, one of my first points is, or questions to ask is, do you think this all happened a little too fast? Do you think that not just too fast, but maybe a little too much a or was he a lovable schmuck, so to speak, in that tr- traditional trope? Because he quit his job and he also started having like like <laughs> I want to say, what do you say? Like, uh, what was it? A, a pet a petting zoo in his house. So he's almost he's not as sympathetic as some other people like would be in movies. Do you think he actually deserved it? Or do you think, oh, how, how do y'all think this worked out? Because I think this this movie actually plays a little bit on that sort of trope. And I don't know if we're supposed to sympathize with them as much as other movies we are supposed to. What do you guys think?
2: You're talking about sympathizing just like with his situation when, when uh, Sal Shield's character wants a divorce?
0: Yeah, so so uh, I'm sorry, maybe I I probably didn't explain this too well. So what I was thinking of is that in, in most movies, the forces are against the lovable schmuck in a sense. Like he got fired maybe for, he, he would have gotten fired for his job or something like yeah. that. He would have gotten divorced, something out of his control. All the things would have been out of his control, so to speak. But in this instance, he quit his job. And I know it was for sort of a moral stance, but he kind of quit his job over something kind of minuscule, I would say. And then he kind of he did something that he shouldn't have done, as in like literally having a petting zoo in his house against his wife's wishes. So it's almost like he kind of deserved what was coming to him. And in a way, do you think we're supposed to be an, as sympathetic towards him as maybe some other movies where things are against his against their nature or against their control.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I see what you're saying there. <laughs> uh, kind of going back to when, what we were talking about before, like uh, you know, Robin Williams, he always plays such lovable characters in, at least in most of his films. I, I just, yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, uh, I, I guess for me, I, I definitely felt sympathy for him. I was like, oh man, this is a shitty situation. <laughs> He's so much fun. Like, come on, you know. But like we don't really have much of a uh, until they have that argument. Like we don't really have much of a sense of like how bad or like what their relationship had been like for the past like decade or so. Well, that's a good
0: point. Is because so, that- but they,
2: but they do talk about it a little bit. You know, you get a yeah. sense of the dynamic. He's he's like the fun. He's like a kid kid parent kind of thing, and um, she's she's the well, always going to work and coming home and has to play kind of the. Disciplinary, or or it's just kind of the more adult figure of the two of them, and I mean that's the dynamic we're presented. And then you know it it comes, it's pretty clear that he's a very good, loving dad. He just likes to have a good time, and yeah, it wasn't the wisest decision to have.
3: Yeah, horses
0: no,
2: he, and goats in the house. <laughs> yeah, he's obviously immature, but it's almost
0: like they built something up a little too quickly for us to like sure. I, I to be a little bit realistic. Rod, did you think it was set up well or did you think it was believable?
1: Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a lot that we're supposed to piece together happen before Yeah, we pick up on it between them two. It's, Cause I mean the conversation when she says she wants a divorce is like six sentences yeah it's It's not out of the blue but like we have to kind of piece it together but i I, I felt sympathetic for him i mean the kids not getting to have a birthday party because of a bad report card yeah the mom's a taskmaster yeah yeah Yeah. so what a jerk (laughs) i
0: mean (laughs) okay yeah no absolutely i i I do think that the Sally field character is a little bit full of herself, but it does just seem to come a little bit out of left field for me in the sense that she goes from, Oh my God, you got you're you're the fun one to I want a divorce so quickly. It almost felt like we needed a little bit more to get to that point, or at least at least maybe a flashback or something a little bit. I I don't know. It just seems like Kim comes out of left field so quickly. I understand that from a writing perspective, they need to get the movie going fast but yeah. i thought it needed just a little bit more context to start it out yeah
2: i, I think just that 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 big blow up they have but when she does ask for a divorce basically everything that was said in there that that's your that's your your uh joiner i guess to to give you kind con- of <laughs> some context okay but i mean uh, yeah it's just quick it doesn't really <laughs> come on he's, he's gonna dress up like a grandma like that's the whole point we gotta get yeah there. yeah yeah no it's a comedy
0: so we shouldn't really critique some of the story too much because it needs to really get to the point so all right so Preston and Brad well, who wants to go first and uh, I, I just did my point in terms of about the beginning does anyone want to just tag along does anyone have anything that's sort of close to that or what do y'all what do you want to get to
2: Preston um you know it's let me see here it's I, 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 for me, like what I take from this movie, seeing it for the first time in a long time um, is just uh, how how many like funny little lines Robin Williams has throughout the <laughs> film. And, and a lot of it's like under his breath, whether he's as Mrs. Doubtfire or as, as Daniel. And and it's like to me, that was I, I just had forgotten that I knew it was funny and I knew it was like a sweet movie. And um but yeah, I, I I I just wrote down a lot of them because they they made me laugh and like his also his relationship as Mrs. Doubtfire with Pierce Brosnan's character Stu. Like <laughs> I thought that was the funniest part of the movie because he clearly hated Stu. Well, obviously and some if you of the like- yeah some of the shit he says. Uh, under his breath to him, it's just it's it's just hysterical.
0: Do you have anything? You said you've written it down. Do you have anything that you want to specifically share, or do you want us to sort uh, of guess?
2: Well, I mean, he I, as far I actually don't have that many as far as like some of the things he says to him. Like, he he always is 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 like making fun of his manhood, and you know, like, <laughs> when he gets out of the pool after doing that ridiculous. uh
3: <laughs> high type
2: routine. Any uh, comments on his shrinkage? I, know, like, I, uh, I was and, like, Stu, Stu's character is like, "Come on, Miss once you get into the get into the pool," and and he just he says like,
1: uh, "You're like, oh
2: no, I think they've outlawed whaling." It's <laughs> like constant little one liners that I just don't remember.
1: He also I right before remember. that he goes, um, "What is there not enough?" Flash for your eyes to lust on. Yeah. And, yeah he, and, and he kind of mutters that. But that along with a lot of the stuff I, I I noticed I didn't pick up on a lot of the uh raunchier jokes that are in this when because last time I saw it when I was probably 12. Yeah, I was gonna say the same yeah. thing. He's
0: a kind of lingus joke that I definitely went over my head when I was oh, for sure. 15, 12 though. years old or something like that. Uh and I saw I watched it yesterday and i was like oh god i didn't even notice that maybe uh I, I, there were like you said rod there were so many like little things that sexual wise that when you watch it as a teenager or like in fifth grade or something like that you definitely do not get and it's so it is in some ways it's a family comedy but in other ways it is sort of has like adult jokes in it that yeah you, that <clears throat> parents probably right. did not want to share with the kids
2: when when his uh and i'm sure we'll talk about the basically the the culminating scene at the dinner at the end <laughs> but uh when he when his um miss when her teeth fall out into the beer <laughs> or whatever and she like tries to get them and I, I she says uh like carpe carpe dentum or something <laughs> like, carpe dentum sees the teeth and i just again it's like another line where if i had to guess robin williams wrote them you know they're most of them were probably improv and they just well, kind of come out guarantee the dancing. scene where he's interviewing with
0: the like the jobs consultant or whatever her name is that's uh oh, yeah. also, plays, Snyder. also plays like uh jim carrey's secretary and liar, liar liar so liar she's liar. most famous for with two of the best comedy actors of all time so Jim Carrey and Robin Williams but there's that scene where she's sitting at the desk and he basically just goes through all sorts of characters I guarantee that was not written I guarantee that was just Robin Williams going to town improv. there's no way that was like he just goes through so many different voices and characters I bet it it, I don't have the DVD but I guarantee there's an outtakes reel where it's just a hundred minutes long where he's just
2: well, in that scene, is it's like cuts, you know, I don't think it's it's not linear at all. I, I think it's just oh, like no, from one yeah. thing to the next.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, what's he actually trying to do? He's kind of like trying to interview for a job. But it's also just kind of like where she asked, do you think he's fun?" I forget how it actually happens, but there is like a two minute thing where he just goes through sort of characters and voices and stuff like that. I kind of forget how it like relates to itself.
2: Well, she's the, the social worker. He's going to watch him essentially or, like interview or oversee his transition to see if he's a fit father. And yeah, he's like trying to be funny and she's not having it. And then he like makes, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to be funny, but I guess it's not really working here. And then he just
1: for like a minute. Did did y'all happen to watch that in closed captioning? I didn't. I couldn't oh, figure out where with go. go. Because it says like who he's. Been doing an impression of oh really nice? Right? yeah and it's just going from person to person like one of them is um I guess it's Ronald and Nancy Reagan Nancy was Ronald yeah. Reagan's like yeah, yeah uh, a,
2: a Reagan like impression
1: both of the uh like Groucho marks and then another marks, like it tells you who it was like there was a lot I didn't know but that's why I suggested that oh no I totally missed it it mean. was really good though
0: <laughs> okay so. Um, what? Uh, there was one scene in this movie. So, like when um, obviously he's trying to foil his wife's attempts to hire a housekeeper because he wants that job—the uh. one to spend time with his kids. So what he does is he keeps calling her over and over again as potential applicants, mm-hmm. and he does like fake yeah. or whatever. Um,
2: <laughs> I actually have that down. It's like my first thing. Have okay, a, he basically har- harasses her with prank calls. Uh yeah I but it, it's also it's just I one of those,
0: am job. <laughs> it's one of those things though, where <laughs> if you actually had cell phones, she would have recognized that it was the same number over and over again. And I'm not yeah. trying to be too stupid about it, but like what <laughs> did would did y'all find it in this day and age did y'all find it as believable? like because my first thought was this would never happen now.
2: Well, I guess you could you, she could have like star sixty nine right?
1: yeah, you know, know, that was I, a thing. Yeah, I don't really. I was like that
2: was <laughs> like a dollar ninety nine though. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really think about that.
1: I just thought it was to me. I feel, I I like, I feel like, like you came hilarious. out came out one to not like this one, Matthew. What? Dude, I, I
2: love this
0: movie. It was just something that I literally was thinking about because I had my phone next to me, and I was going, "This is the number would have been coming up over and over again as he was calling. It would have been the same number. That's all I was thinking about. Yeah, I, I was, I I was just sort of putting it into modern times, asking, "How would you rework that scene in today's society? Rather than yeah, twenty years
2: ago or thirty years ago,
0: or what it was? <laughs>
2: It was a lot more difficult. I mean, I guess he would have to. Uh, he'd have to create a lot of. Let's let's say wow. she did a Craigslist ad, <laughs> and then he he would have to create. Uh, I mean, it'd be a lot more. It'd actually be a lot harder. You'd have to create different little fake profiles and create a Miss Doubtfire Facebook page. Miss <laughs> <laughs>
3: like,
2: at at Miss Doubtfire Twitter account. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be different for sure. Rod,
0: did you th- did you think the uh, Miss Doubtfire was in terms of her, uh, in terms of Daniel, Robin Williams becoming that person? How believable did you, did you think it was? Would you have fallen for it or how would how it have gone for you?
1: I think it's one of the most, I was going to ask later, but I guess I'll ask it now. I mean, I think it's some of the best. Uh, I, I don't know if this goes, I think this would fall in the makeup and design, Pokedeo. <laughs> You seem to know the right term for score, so. <laughs> Does this fall into makeup or costume uh, or special I, effects?
2: It, it broke up a little bit, but I, I assume you're talking about, like, how, like, him dressing up as South Southfire. I think that would yeah. be makeup, for sure.
1: I think it blends into both, bro. I think, okay. Well, I think it's better than, like, Dr. Doolittle, um, Fat Bastard, and Austin Powers. <laughs> I,
3: think
1: I think it's the best makeup work ever so See, i love i,
2: I love the, the makeup scene is really great yeah like that, when they when they first when, uh, uncle, who's
1: who's uh, is his, his, his brother
2: his it's harvey firestein who's in uh he's, he's in a lot of movies around then but uh yeah that scene just it's again it's like another like all right robin just start doing impressions just go off be be who you are as a comedian in this fun little scene where we dress you up as, like, different types of women. There absolutely, were <laughs> tons of
0: moments where they just kind of maybe painted out a scene for him and they let him do all the dialogue. Or he basically did the whole scene by himself. They're absolutely sad. Yeah. I would love to talk to, whoever, like, whoever wrote and wrote this movie to see how much he was in control of versus how much Robin Williams was in control of. Because okay, for sure. I I wouldn't even say control, I I shouldn't say that word, but in terms of like, I think when you have a vision for something, but when you're working with somebody as brilliant and crazy as Robin Williams is, you have to just let him go and then your vision gets, you know, I shouldn't say tainted is the wrong word, but change because you've got somebody that's so great doing like a part of it, you know, like you kind of maybe have an idea for something, but you just let him do his thing and it's fantastic. It comes out even better than you thought.
2: Yeah, I think that they they definitely. I, I, I got another or that example you brought up of Jim Carrey. That's another actor where you just kind of let the, you you have a scene for them, but you let them kind of create, you know, create the comedy that they want to, which is uniquely them. Yeah, absolutely. So what I've gotten, um, I've got written down.
0: I was wondering what you guys thought about the believability. Uh, So the guy's name is Stu. It's Pierce Brosnan. It's before he becomes James Bond and before Pierce Brosnan becomes the people's magazines like sexiest man of the year or whatever. But how believable do you think a super successful millionaire good looking dude is heavily interested in a moderately attractive woman that has three kids? Do you think you you guys buy that storyline, or do you all even think about it? Or what, what do y'all think about going on with that? Or D-
1: did they not have a history?
0: They knew each other They're in college, but it wasn't like I didn't get the impression that they were dated.
2: I, I mean, I think that that was it. Like they they she de- kind of alludes to it. You can tell when they see each other. There's like yeah, I mean you, you sense a bit of history. I mean, I get what you're saying, Matthew, but I, I think that's again a that's just kind of what they want you to, to like, look, here's, here's a bit of a premise. Like, just please go with it. Um, I, I mean, I think that was pretty much the extent of it.
0: Well, Rod, let's say you, you had millions of dollars and uh, you were looking to do something. Would you be dating a, a four-year-old woman with three kids or w- what are your thoughts on that? Just give us the, uh, you don't have to be rude or crude about it, but do you think it's realistic? <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's realistic. <laughs> I think Sally Field is really sweet, and I think she makes really good cookies. She probably texts really, really, really
2: well on Tinder. <laughs> She's definitely known for her uh, her baking. Uh... <laughs> And her cookie ability. Uh, I did look. I'm always curious, like how old people were when they did when these films. These some of these older films we watch, and uh, yeah, she's she's older than Robin Williams and uh, but and Pierce Brosnan by like I think four and six years. So she was in like her mid forties because those guys were I think in their mid thirties or something like that. Is that right or how does that work? Um, let's I mean, '93 I think is when the movie was. Yeah. So um. <laughs> 27 years ago so she was she was in her mid 40s and uh they were they were in their like early 40s but Pierce Brosnan's character was supposed to be like in his 30s or something
3: yeah he's like
0: what they said super hotshot developer that's looking to have someone like do his bread and uh bed and breakfast or whatever sort of design it but he's just like he's using that sort of leverage to get with her in a sense. so it's, <laughs> yeah. In a way, in a way, he's not even. Not only is he interested in her, he's like using his multi-million-dollar project to get with her. That's how interested he is. It's not yeah. like it's not like, hey, I kind of want to date you. It's like, hey, I'm throwing millions of dollars at you to do me. It's like he Fair really, enough. really wants it.
2: <laughs> and he, loved, like, loved, he talks about how much he loves the kids and yeah uh, yeah i guess it is a little part
1: that was that, that was good the, they Ron. go they go a little more they go more for the sympathy than they do making um pierce Brosnan even out to be bad like he doesn't even yeah. really do anything wrong in the movie you
0: no know, that's the, that's the other thing so i was talking about like in terms of the first thing i talked about in terms of do we really have too much sympathy for Daniel as a character? But they didn't even paint Pierce Brosnan as the bad guy, so that yeah. even makes it even more as why do we why are we cheering necessarily for this guy? Because he says he wants the best for the kids, and he has a little argument for it. Like he's <laughs> like he's like his father's kind of a whatever. It says calls him a loser, and we do have sympathy for the fact he's trying hard. He actually. Did have a, a good job as like a uh, voice actor or whatever, but it is it it's one of those things where I, I almost applaud it in the sense that it's more real than it is in terms of hey we're gonna put this schmuck against this good uh, guy who's pretending to be great but he's actually a bad guy. He actually was not I, a bad guy. They could
1: have set no. him up to be a dick, no. and they didn't. They could have been like yeah. he's u- using her for the business development. Yeah, exactly. And like, there's nothing bad. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I think, yeah, I I don't know. Again, I think it just comes to the power of, like, Robin Williams as uh, just people love him. And, (laughs) you know, people are just, he's the sympathetic character in the situation. And even if Pierce Brosnan isn't really, uh, you know, like, portrayed as this, like, really bad dude, you uh, you know, it still comes off that way in some way or another. He's also always wearing, like, black. (laughs) wearing black showing a ridiculous amount of chest hair his only sin in the movie is being
0: successful and good looking other than that he's like literally a nice guy and like i shouldn't say that's a bad quality but he literally is he's a nice guy and he puts up with all of robin williams insults and just delays them off you know he's actually in a realistic sense you should be cheering for him to win but he acts it's, it's kind of funny that he, he, there's nothing really bad about him. So it really was something that I was thinking about in this movie in terms of how you're supposed to cheer for each character and pit
3: right. a good person.
0: Like, they didn't actually have an antagonist in this movie. It was just a nice guy. It was a dude that wanted his family versus a dude who was actually just a nice dude like it wasn't a dude versus an evil guy it was just it was just a little bit different but in in a sense like i said i applaud it for being more real than some other movies that maybe you would have had pierce Broston, like you said preston <coughs> trying to get with sally field just to get that development deal or something like that and then dishing her like he he didn't have a bad quality about him he wouldn't there was yes. no, there was no, <laughs> Rod, did you say that or did Preston say that? I'm sorry. Preston. Okay. My bad. Okay. Um, do
1: we want to, do we want to um, get more into this or do you guys have any more uh, things to say about the movie before we get to the yeah, wheel? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wanted to bring up the scene. What's that? I wanted to bring up the scene where, um, I, I think your name is Miss, is it Miss Snyder. Miss Snyder? Yeah. Ms. Yeah. Comes to the house comes to the house and <laughs> she's, you know, supposed to do the house check. And it's Miss Doubtfire. And she's like, Oh, yep, Danny's here. Just give me a minute. And yeah. he, he puts his face in the lemon meringue pie. And then <laughs> yeah. the this the scoops fall into her teeth. <laughs> um
3: that.
1: I think that's one of the best scenes because he's going back and forth, like you said, like definitely just yeah. robin williams being there probably were just like be yourself like do this yeah like, how i think is the, the main
2: premise? premise i think it's funny <laughs> that the idea that
0: he actually has a full cake in his refrigerator but like it's yeah. <laughs> as, as a single dude in san francisco it's like oh here's a cake with a big meringue on it let me dip yeah. my head in it but but, like I said, they had to perfect, maybe manufacture a bit for comedy
3: yeah,
2: <laughs> but, yeah and you have the like the, the kids across in the other apartment space fall <laughs> to the to the street and then get run over by a truck uh, by the would, way yeah that that scene in very similar fashion to the ending scene, like it's they're almost it's almost exhausting and you're like, it's I would say cringeworthy, but you're like, oh god, no, like what? How's he gonna get through this? You know, it has uh, like a lot of those c- comedies, like almost in the '90s, early 2000s, like Ben Stiller type things, where it's like, oh god, like this situation's <laughs> terrible. How's he gonna get out of it?
0: Yeah, no, uh, no, no. Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm hesitant to talk too much because I do have a real question about this. Because Rod, you are as prevalent as always so insightful that you're you're getting into my questions a little bit so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna ruin it too much but no no i i, I definitely agree yes. like it's, it's one of those things where it, it, it like you said preston <laughs> it gets almost too cringy like you almost you, it, it almost goes on too long it almost feels like can, can we can just end this because like when yeah. i was watching it i almost felt like i needed to fast forward it because i was like just just I know how it's gonna end. I know how eventually this scene is gonna conclude. Yeah. Like he's gonna get away with it, but let's just <clears throat> I don't need to see the terror that's involved. <laughs> I don't
2: I don't need the anxiety from this scene. Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's All right. Um, uh,
0: All right. Uh so we, we talked about that, Rod. Rod, you got anything else you need to talk about or Preston, you got any other scenes before we do the the Wheel of Fortune or what what are we thinking?
2: Uh, yeah, let's 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 get to the wheel. But I mean, yeah, I, I, I talked was about the, read the dinner. I talked about the, the three things thing. I wanted to see. No, Preston, you you got something you got to say? Uh, we we just kind of mentioned that the last the final like big scene with at the dinner is just. uh, I mean, it is just pandemonium. Like I can't even <laughs> really think of a better way to describe it. Just so much chaos, and and all all the while, which again, I didn't notice this the last time I saw it. I was much younger, but. The amount of, like, alcohol he's drinking <laughs> when he, he, like, he has, like, he has, like, four double scotches. No, but they drinks. Get... he drinks, like, uh, I think, a, a Chardonnay and a beer at the other table with yeah. the family. And he's bouncing back and forth. I, but <laughs> and I, he goes, I, goes to the kitchen and pours the pepper on his.
0: And, and
1: goes hot jambalaya. <laughs> yeah, I love that
2: part. It's like, I jambalaya.
0: do think they. I do think he played into it, though. I don't think that was. I don't think that went unnoticed because. I, but obviously, the, the when he went back to sit down with the TV yeah, with. I think that was supposed to be. He was too drunk to kind of understand what he was doing. Is that? Yeah. Or, I, I don't think they just let it go in the sense that he was drinking so much. I think they. Does that make sense? Or... Yeah, no,
2: I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't mean it like it was. I was just saying, like in general, can you imagine being in that situation and then, oh all, yeah, well, like, like in the middle of it, you're just getting absolutely hammered, <laughs> <laughs> and then going back and dressing up like an old woman, then going
0: um, I think pressing cut off there. But uh I actually again you guys have both hit on a few questions I have on the wheel. Yeah, I, I, but um I was gonna ask, so we're we're gonna skip this question on the wheel, so we'll just talk about it <laughs> in a sense because did I, just I was, freeze. Yeah, you did freeze. I was thinking, did you think it was too much in a sense? So basically we had two scenarios with the exact same. Plot, or or not, maybe not plot, but the same premise in the sense that oh, he's got a balance between being himself versus being Miss Doubtfire. So like, like Rob was talking about earlier, he had to do it with the um the social worker and also pretend to be Miss Doubtfire at his apartment. But yet, then we just do the exact same sort of comedy bit at the restaurant. Did y'all think yeah. it? Was, did y'all think it was like almost just like? maybe copying itself or maybe a little too much or what, what, what did y'all did y'all? Maybe when you watched it think, Oh, we're doing the same thing over again, or how did y'all
2: realize that? Yeah. Well, I guess I didn't really think too much about it. I mean, it <laughs> certainly is basic, it's basically the same deal. Uh, just like at the end, it's on a, even a grander scale. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I guess at the, at that time, the writers were probably like, okay, now we, we got to get to the point where, uh, everyone sees who this who Miss Outfire really is. Yeah, and, you gotta like, get some what, gotta, what better way to do yeah. it than yeah, yeah. Like so I mean I think it's mainly that and, and but also, you know, there's part of it that with him sitting down with the uh this the, the uh, studio guy dressed up as Mr. Outfire again like that kind of ties in the ending. You know like okay well this actually he didn't mean to do that, but he, he did and guess what? Like that's gonna be his career going forward. It also made the stakes higher,
0: right? So with the social worker, maybe the stakes was lower, but this was, let's get a big time job versus let's prevent his wife from maybe get engaged to stew. So the stakes yeah. were, so it was increased a bit. So I understand that sense, but it still yeah. was, like I said, it was almost like copying each other a little <laughs> bit in terms of how the premise went.
2: I'm just, I'm thinking back to what we were talking about earlier, but again, like, with Stu, you know, he, he basically, like, this Robert Woods' character poisons Stu <laughs> because he's allergic to the pepper, and he but then he saves his life, so it's like, Stu just went through a lot of shit just trying to be with Sally Field. But that was a weird
0: situation because in terms of I'm allergic to pepper, then he chokes on something, rather. I thought, I hadn't watched it in a while, I almost thought, like, oh, he's going to eat the pepper and he's going to go to the bathroom and, like go diarrhea for like 20 minutes or something like
2: that. <laughs> allergic reactions are uh, they're all over the place, Matthew.
0: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know it was like, oh, I, I better get this thing lodged in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Rod, do you want you got anything to add before we get to the wheel? Or do you want to you want to spin this bitch? Uh, I guess let's go for the spin.
1: Okay, let's we're going to
0: spin this bitch. Cue the music, Wheel of Fortune, here we go. Let me read the topics to you guys. These are great. I've actually, I enjoy coming up with topic names more than actually going with questions. So, number one is Ripley's Believe It or Not. Uh Number two is What Lengths Would You Go? Number three, I Spy. Number four, Give Me the Backstory. Number five, A Little Too Much. Number six, who would you do? Number seven, the whammy that we've never actually done. Number eight, anyone else? Number nine, rewrite the moment. Number ten, respin. Okay, here we go. We're gonna spin the wheel. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna ask Rod. You're gonna be the first person on this. The wheel is
1: spinning. Go, go, Rod. You got this.
0: Eight. sorry i just read everything but i forgot it
2: i don't remember it either
0: yeah number eight anyone else so robin williams is an iconic actor and uniquely Uh, talented could anyone else have pulled off this performance and if so who would you
2: pick no (laughs) i had a a feeling you're gonna ask this matthew (laughs) so Why Rod not? just Rod took
0: the easy answer and said no instead of just saying Nick Cage <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. or Kevin Costner, Kevin
0: Costner.
1: <laughs> or Janet, so, Janet Reno
0: so let's Clearly, so, so, Reno. Well, so let's rephrase this um, if this was remade in 2020 rather in 1993 who would be cast in the Robin Williams role to like play Mrs. Doubtfire maybe that's a better question um really? Since, God, it... since he couldn't do it, Rod. Well, or yeah,
2: Rod, of... Rod. What do you have? I want to hear yours.
0: What year? Oh, so so so. Let's recast the film in terms of. So it was made nineteen ninety three, but let's let's do it now. Who in the modern day would you cast in the Robin Williams role? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Um. Probably not very good ones, but <laughs> I, would, I mean, I'd probably pick, like,
3: uh,
1: yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a tough question.
0: I understand, dude. It's a tough question. <clears throat> I always default to saying just Seth Rogen.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna
0: say that. I was oh, gonna say- I-
2: I was thinking Jack Black again. Oh, Jack Black. No, it's That's it's, a that's, good one.
1: See, that's, that's been, a good it,
2: one. It's two guys, though, it's similar to Robin
0: Williams that probably have crazy facial hair that, like, needs to be suppressed. Just like, remember, they make the joke in the movie about Robin Williams having a 5 o'clock shadow at 8.30 in the morning or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think both of those guys probably have it. but
2: well, I, and, I, and again, Jim Carrey, I think, could probably do it then, and he could probably do it now.
0: Jim Carrey is probably the best answer, I think Jack Blaster, you probably have two best yeah. answers.
2: Jack
1: Black, exactly.
0: Gary, probably the best answer.
1: Okay, we're gonna spin the wheel again. Great, great choice, Pokey. Really. We'll let Creston win. Thanks, Rod.
2: The buzz is blowing tonight.
1: Nine. Okay, you're really nine.
2: Good at cast, Casting code.
0: <laughs> yeah, rewrite the moment. Uh, did you think uh, it was corny? that Daniel blows his cover doing the Heimlich on Stu. I feel like there was a more believable moment for this discovery. Like, so, like I said, did, did you think it could have been solved maybe a little bit better in terms of plot? Did you think that it was a bit too convenient that that's how it happened? Like, it doesn't seem like a moment that that's how his face would have fallen off. Did, did you find it
2: believable? Well... I thought it was more believable when, Jesus. and I had forgotten about this, but, no, no. but when the kids uh, are like when his son walked in on him, you know, yeah. pissing standing up, yeah, which like I had totally forgotten too that that he that they figured it out pretty early, but uh, I mean, if you would if you were told the premise of the movie, you had never seen it, you would think, okay, well then I guess. He something happens, like they see his legs, which also happens at one point with the, bus, yeah, the driver. bus driver. Yeah. Yeah. But like the face falling off. I don't know. I really felt like those guys were, were excellent makeup artists. <laughs> you you're probably uh, right in the sense that
0: they used almost two ways to discover him. Like like you yeah. said, like the kids discovered him in the bathroom, which is a great way to discover him. And like you said, the bus driver discovers him with the legs. So it's almost like they were run out of options in terms of how Stew and the family discovers <clears> them <throat> because what right. I was thinking, like it, it's almost like they were doing this whole plot in terms of him going to the bathroom and changing. It just would have made almost more sense that somebody went to the bathroom and saw him changing, kind of thing. M- maybe yeah. more believable. But well, but like yeah, you well, said, yeah. that the kids already discovered them in the bathroom, so it would have been a repeat of almost that kind of thing. So you're probably oh, right. I didn't true. think about that. That's
1: true. Rod, did you think it was believable in terms of how he got discovered? Or like, what did you think? I mean, I believe in Waterworld. And <laughs> so I had no no problems with this one. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I bought into everything. Maybe I was naive, but I I loved it. Well, no,
0: there's no, you shouldn't call yourself naive. You're just a person that loves to see movies and you buy into it. But Everyone needs to buy into the movie experience. Sometime. That's a
2: belief. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's my job to be the asshole who criticizes it. Okay, so we just did Rod. We did Preston. We're going to do two more spins, and then we're going to rate it. So this is Rod's spin. Oh, my God. It's number one. Hey! Rod. What is it? <laughs> Rod. Ripley's, believe it or not, we kind of touched on this. I kind of brought it up, and that was my fault. But how believable is it that a rich, good-looking, successful dude like Pierce Brosnan's character Stu was trying to be in a serious relationship with Miranda, a moderately attractive woman with three kids? Did you did you buy that? Were you were you ever questioning that, or did you? If let's say this, if you had
1: were making a million dollars a year. Would you go after a woman with two kids? I feel like I may have answered this one differently earlier, but I'm going to say no, it wasn't believable this time. Yeah. It wasn't as believable now that we've talked about some of the stuff. It, I think we're that, talking about
0: James fucking Bond here. I mean, well, like, I'm honestly, the shit he's going through with Miss Downfire yeah. just insulting him at every yeah, time. That too. He that's that's actually a great point. He's willing to not only put up with her being moderately attractive and having three kids. He's willing to put up with a nanny that insults his man. But <laughs> it's still is like this guy is going gung ho for it's almost like too much.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's why I think there's an ulterior, ulterior meta there. Yeah. yeah I mean, I
1: mean we, we never really find out what happens to this character at the end. Or do they are they going out on a date? Uh, we, the, well, the last first. thing we see is is him
2: and Robin Williams like their characters shake hands in a very awkward way. Like, yeah, like thanks for saving my life,
1: uh, Miss Doubtfire, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> and that that was one quick thing about the dinner thing is we don't see if the man even notices or do we? I mean, I guess he gets up from the table uh, and runs.
0: Are you talking about the TPA executive?
1: Yeah. No, I guess that, yeah.
0: that, that, No, that is a good point. I was going to ask that too. Like, um. He never even asks what the deal is with him pretending to be Miss Doubtfire or not. Like, he almost buys the whole pitch that he's, like, he came there to be Miss Doubtfire and also Dangle at the same time. He doesn't even pretend to know that that whole scene happened.
2: Let's just be real. He's probably blackout at that time. Yeah, I think, I think, I, remember. I think he's, he's, huff, he's hovering around the kitchen to see if he can find that waitress. To make out.
1: <laughs> yeah, for a stretch limo. Yeah.
2: yeah, no, that's actually real. That is a
0: very, very good boy. I think he had four doubled scotch on the rocks. <laughs> of that place. He was asking to hook up
2: with some random waitress. Ma- uh, also, no. was that the guy who played Grandpa Munster? Or, or <laughs> like, no, I, think, I don't. I feel like, he probably died a long time ago. But he
0: did look really familiar. But I don't think well, he, he was.
2: did. He play the, the the Dracula or the Count in the Gremlins movies from the eighties. I uh, want we'll to look this up. I really that's don't. A, that's a deep cut. That's
0: a deep cut. Okay. We're going to spin this again. Preston, this is your initial response, even though obviously we respond to all these questions because we're funny and cool like that. Two. This is actually a good one. What lengths would you go, Preston? Okay. So, both of you guys, Rod and Preston, you both are proud dog owners. If by some weird reason, your dogs got taken away from you. Would you disguise yourself to go visit them? Like probably it does in Mr. <laughs> fire.
2: Dude, this is so funny because my, my wife Emily was watching this with me and she looked at I me and it was like, you look kind of sad. I was like, yeah. I mean, like, what have you and Poby just left? Like, I, I, I think I, I, I mean, literally we talked about the situation. And I was like, well, I'd have to be, I'd be forced to dress up like an old woman. <laughs> uh, so the links, I mean. You also lengths.
0: Would, have, would you dress up, would you go to his links? Would you dress up like an old woman to see Kobe? <laughs> would you dress up like an old woman
2: to see <laughs> he's, li- he's listening. Yeah,
1: he's listening. I'd give
2: it a shot. I, I, dude, I love Kobe so much. <laughs> uh, Rod. Rod, would you and do it also, for, I mean, obviously, you'd want to see, you want to see your your ex. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Rod and I don't have that situation, so we're kind <laughs> of friends to the dog
1: thing. So <laughs> just, just imagine, just imagine. Uh, Peter and Willie are listening, so I'm gonna have to go with yes. <laughs> and they watched the movie with me, and they both stayed up for the entire thing, or at least yeah. the first half.
2: I just cool. show up dressed up like. Uh, an old lady and be like, "Yeah, I'm here to babysit." No, <laughs> to... you would
0: answer an ad on Craigslist saying that someone needs to walk their dogs, and you'd show up in this full gown of ladies that's... or whatever, and and walk them. Right? They, I mean, what
2: are they, all those dog apps like? I think it's like
1: uh, so, like wag shit. Yeah, wag, <laughs> or like wag
2: the dog. I don't know.
1: Wag, uh, <laughs> dude. What is the name of that app?
2: There, are, there are a few of them, but there's one that's like.
1: It's like walk my dog or something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's like dog
2: walker.
1: It's something.
2: Well, can't think of it.
1: Uh
0: and, anyway. Uh, the, for, right, first, buy, first, buy that first, domain name because someone's gonna want it really
1: soon. Walk the dog. Walk my oh, dog. Yeah, my do- yeah. Somebody Somebody walk my dog. Yeah. Yeah.com. He was in Gremlins, and he was also in Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yes. Oh, yes. Miracle
2: on Thirty Fourth Street. That's
0: that's yeah, the
1: one. Right that's and it, the little girls in that too, right? Yes. Yeah,
2: they have a chemistry. Oh yeah. Is he is he the Count in Gremlins?
0: Is
1: he the uh, guy who
2: dresses up as the Count?
1: That's too
0: much. <laughs> that's too much. That Wikipedia does not I get think into so. that. I mean, okay. So how? Got, got, what got, well, this is for Rudd, and then we're gonna wrap it up with our rankings. One more spin. The wheel is spinning. <laughs> we're at number three. Give me the backstory. So, the bus driver that Mrs. Doubtfire sees <laughs> after her shifts has the hots for him. What's his backstory? Is he married and wanting to fling? Is he a widowed man? Or has he never been married and just trying to find company? Give us his backstory, Preston. Go for oh, it. Oh,
2: this is Budman.
0: <laughs> no, I think no, this I is just Preston. did the last one. I did the last oh, one. Y'all, okay. Well, it doesn't really matter. Both of <laughs> y'all wind up answering, and I wind up answering too. So go for it, Preston. Just give us, give us the, give us the
2: backstory. Uh, uh, you know, I think he's just a lifelong bus driver, single, <laughs> and this is just kind of his mo. And, he, and he's kind of through, through the decades, he's always. You know, probably every day he's like, oh, "Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good to see you again." And just, just you know, random, weird, awkward one-liners, and and uh and apparently he likes uh hairy women. That yeah, we yeah. do know. Well, no, I I I like to think, like you said, that he's just been a single dude,
0: the bus driver, and been hitting yeah. on some women, and he's. Over the years, through the decades, just lowers his standards to the point where he's yeah. hitting on Ms. Doubtfire. At first, he sees,
2: he he sees point, every type of woman,
0: you know. Yeah, exactly. At first, he was hitting on the hottest, youngest piece of tail there is, and then now he's to the point yeah. where he's like, "Let's let's let's go for Miss Doubtfire," and even she's she's yeah. declined. Well, well let's
2: be real. Let's be real. He had a, probably had a couple of lawsuits, <laughs> and, uh, and so he's like been. Forced. He's just kind of like, all right. I just gotta go for the very elderly lady who's yeah. just gonna maybe be flattered and maybe want to hang out. <laughs> Rod, do
1: you have a, a different interpretation on what maybe his background is,
0: or are you content with saying that he's a creep?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think P- Pokey nailed it on the head with the just that's his MO. Like that's what he's doing, and he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I do. I do think he's a creep,
0: but I'd like to give him maybe a little bit more to just being a creep. But who knows? All right. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna rate the film Mrs. Doubtfire as a com- you can rate it as a film overall or as a comedy um, out of one hundred, like we always do. Rod, you go first. Out of one hundred, rate Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: This was your pick since
0: it was Ooh. your pick first.
1: I, I mean, I found myself out loud laughing multiple times. I'm going to give it as a comedy and a film, a 93. Oh, better than Operation Odessa for Rod. I'm uh, okay.
2: always comparing it to Operation Odessa. No, I just thought. No, I just thought, I thought that was Rod's favorite documentary. <laughs> this Go. is a documentary. It's a whole other ballgame. Yeah. Uh, so I guess it's my turn. Yeah, Preston, your your pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're again, right. Like, I, I think I, I it's been a while since I've seen it. I absolutely love Robin Williams. Every movie he's in, it just get you get the good, good fuzzy feelings. Most of them, a couple. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a 92.
0: 92, you guys are close, gang. Uh, this is the first time I'm going to deviate from the group. I'm going to give it an 88, a solid kind of B plus. Because, like I said, there's come there's a little bit of um, like I said the story wise, there was some discon. Uh, I don't even know. I'm I'm trying to come up with a fancy word here, but the dictionary's not in front of me. There's a uh, nice. some weird. <laughs> Some weird ways in terms of how the story develops. All right. So, what we're going to do now is we are going to spin the wheel. As far as, so, Rod has gotten the last, I think, three or four picks. Uh, I, okay. I think he's been, I think he's been gotten lucky since Spiders Keepers, so that's been the last four alright so what we're gonna do is we got number one as always The Grit number two Last Days of American Crime this was added by Rod to replace Miss Doubtfire number three Bad Boys number four Good Boys I keep those back to back because I think it's funny number five There's. Waterworld <laughs> number six Waterworld Spider- please. number six Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse number seven Us number eight Mud, number nine, Bright, and then number 10 is Three Billboards of amazing
3: County or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Here yeah. we go. Spinning the wheel.
2: If it gets to number 10, we'll see what happens. Wait, wait let's see. I can't see it. Eight. That would be are you fucking serious. No way. Can we do is, is that? Can mud? we No, <laughs> mud. I'm sorry. I we have to spin it until it's tonight, Robert. Can we just not do a Rod Drummond stick? We're not going to do this that. This is right. bullshit. We're not doing mud. I'm
0: sorry.
2: I'm about to piss my pants. All right, nine.
0: That will be bright on Netflix. <laughs> Peace
2: out. He's so pissed. We'll, we'll talk about this
0: over text. I, I doubt too uh, many people even watch this, but <laughs> I doubt too many people in state watch the whole thing. But all right, so we'll figure it we'll, out. We'll, we'll figure it, it out. Right I, I'm I'm not gonna do a rod pick. <laughs> Fifth <five> back.
1: <laughs> what was it the second time? The strike was, is over. I, it was bright, but maybe we do. Y'all, all right. I'm not. So, that looks awful. <laughs> so, what we can do? Is that do, with Will Smith? What 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 it, we can do is come to a compromise. So with Will Smith and the blue alien? Yeah, what we can do is come <laughs> Dude, to a compromise. Waterworld. <laughs> th- I, wa- no, so I would rather watch No, so this is the
0: I would rather watch Waterworld than Mud, and I'd rather watch Waterworld than Bright. So would you yes. would you do Waterworld? Of course
2: he'll do Waterworld. Uh, you <laughs> asking me?
1: I don't want to do mud, and I don't—I honestly don't want to do bright. So I, I think about I about. should get to pick that—that that it All be. Right, that's
2: fine. <laughs> what do you
1: want, okay. Robert? We're doing—we're doing. No, we are doing i kidding. We're not—we're not doing mud. We'll, Waterworld. Let's take mud off the wheel. Yeah, we'll take mud. Mud is off. We're doing
0: Waterworld. It's a really good film, though. It's, it's fantastically funny. It's also got a well, great.
2: Well, do you do you? It didn't seem like you really want to watch *Bright*. So, do you need to make a a change too?
0: No, that. I mean, yeah, I probably do. That was something I wrote down like four weeks ago, just as something that was whatever.
1: Is is that good? No,
0: I don't know. I've never seen it. I was. I want to. I want to do *Bad Boys*. (laughs) But we're not spending that. So, uh, we're doing *Waterworld*. Keep it on there.
3: Right. *Waterworld*. *Waterworld*.
0: Roddy, right, you want to say keep on button or you
1: want to keep it want I want to turn I it poke you to say it this time. Okay. <laughs>
2: I'm say, I, I say keep on poking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> say that. Say that. I'm not going to say anything tonight. You okay. get to sign out. Last comment. Sign
0: out
2: Pressing us and keep on. Keep on poking. Great. <laughs> Fantastic, guys. All right, Is thanks. It over. For keep budding. Yeah.